Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, family. This is Mama Seven, and we are coming to you on the radio. We are, it's been a long day. It's been a long week. Uh, We have the whole country is exploding upon itself, and you can literally, like Phil Collins says, you can feel it in the air tonight. You know, it is such a ugly, harsh reality about the pain that is going on. We have to talk about it. And, and, and when I was speaking to the other mama that I'm bringing on the line, Mama Makita, when we were speaking about this show, we knew we had to, from a big mama's perspective, talk about the situations that are going on outside of our communities, in some places, literally outside of our door. So hold on, let me see if I can grab Mama Makita bring her into the conversation, have her share some knowledge with us because it is truly, truly uh, a situation, um, one that needs a lot of healing. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I don't even know where to begin with some of this. You know, this, it is such a, a full impact. Mm. All right, let me see if I can get her on the line. Greetings, welcome to the show. Greetings, greetings. How are you? I've been better. Yeah, <laughs> I've been better because you know yeah. I, you know, there, there's no hiding it. I'm of age. You know, I'm going to be knocking at fifty very soon, and um, I get tired of having to defend my blackness. I get tired of having to explain my blackness. And this week I have been absolutely assaulted because of other people's interpretation of my blackness, okay? And uh, I'm not the only one. The whole world, and it's amazing. I have to say world. I can't even say my neighborhood or my state or the state that this original situation happened in, or I can't even say that. The world right now is exploding on itself and and truly, truly, you know, creating some situations. And there are some hard feelings on this one. You know what I'm saying? I don't know anybody who's happy. I I don't know anybody who's just sitting back feeling good and comfortable. And I, I don't know that person. I don't know that person. So, you know, I'm kind of feeling the way. Um, how, how are you feeling? Mixed emotions. Mixed mm. emotions. Um, a lot of understanding. I've done my share of mm-hmm. protests and, and things of that nature. Right. Um, <laughs> wanting people to understand that there are agitators out there, like we discussed before, people who yes. have an ulterior agenda, so it can start yes. off peacefully and then end up as who knows what, you know, even with the whole corona thing. Um, uh, it was that, unof- that it was unofficial. Out the window. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. 
That's a, a couple of news flashes that said window. if you were at a protest, go get tested. Really? If they were at oh, a protest, okay. they are not thinking about Rona right now. Rona has to literally not sit down all. right now. And um, it, it, it's, it's not thinking about it. No. Rightfully so, because there's so many other things that are going on. And I'm just like literally all over the place in one Mm. second. It's like, okay, you understand? Once I'm flaming hot, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Okay. Then, from a mother's perspective, from a woman's perspective, with four grand boys and a granddaughter. Oh, yeah. And I have six brothers and I have all these great. A lot. There's just a lot of us. So here I am. I'm going through my phones, and I'm like, all right, Kingman, are you good? Check-in. I need check-ins from the brothers. Some people I ain't speak to in months. I just need to know your lives. This is where I'm back, you know, Um, something just that small. And I could feel the raw emotion come through the phone, and it was like, sister, thank you, you know. And I have a lot of truck drivers I've done work for, so I'm checking on them because you state to state going in the middle of stuff. Uh, Okay. Okay. You know, yeah. Just trying to figure out something productive that can be done in the midst. Um, it, and then you just okay. some of our young people. So you said some key words there. You said some words there. We can't even get to young people yet, okay? You said some words there. You <laughs> said <laughs> words. You said the P word. You said productive. Productive. Okay. And. I just want to remind people, look, this is the People's Black Panther Party. Um, Chairman uh, Ganga, uh, Chief War, and myself, uh, Mama Seven, National Director of Operations. We do this. We do this radio for educational purposes. We, We work for our community. This is what we do. And in this yes. particular time, we have to talk to our community and really talk about the word productive, okay? Because the key word I got is pain. We got tons of pain. We got fear. Yes. We have anger. We got plenty of that. But what I'm not seeing is productive. What I'm not seeing is protected. You know, what I'm not seeing is progressive. I'm not seeing none of them peace. I got lots of pain, you know. And so when we talk about solutions, you know, because this formation is, is, is just vast with knowledge. You know, we're all very different, all very unique, and we come together, and that forms this very strong, powerful um, formation self-determination, we got different ages, I mean, the whole nine, and we come together to really get to the solution, to get to the root of things. But in this particular situation where the root, where the problem is not as clear as we may think, in this particular situation where the pain is so strong and so deep that we can't even address it directly, you know, I think productive goes out the window, you know. At this point, it's just about me getting my rocks off. 
I want someone to hear me. I want someone to feel me. And we have to move past that. Yeah. Everyone can hear you who's not deaf. They can hear you because, you know, they got ears, but you need to be, they need to be listening to you. So if you want them to listen, you have to have some type of solution to go along with everything else. Yeah. I'm not saying and I don't, don't think it's a angry, one solution. Because you should be, you know. You yeah, should that's be That's what I'm saying. You should yeah. be angry. I have to tell Everyone a young person. I'm if like, you're not angry, you have a problem, okay? It, exactly. I'm like, you got to get in where you fit in. No one is expecting mm-hmm. you to do all of this. But if you can find something and channel your energy and do something productive, all those little pieces to the puzzle will add up. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And we have to get to the point where we can start doing that. But I think, like like we're talking about, people have to have a place to be heard. You know, I don't think we're doing enough listening. You know, we are sitting back looking at these protests, looking at the violence, looking at the looters, and the protesters and the looters are two different things, okay? And then we okay. have these provocateurs that are running around in the middle of the protesters and the looters, okay? And so no one is listening to the pain. No one is giving that audience for that. You know, everyone wants to express their opinion, but I don't know how many people are listening. And and we have to get to the point, I don't know how you can call yourself serving the people and you haven't listened to the people. You know, we're constantly Mm -hmm. trying to fix something that may not really be the problem, you know. If 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 poor parking is not a problem for you, <laughs> it's going to be real hard to get you on that ticket, you know what I'm saying, if, if exactly. that is not pressing on your mind, you know what I'm saying. It has to be related. It has to be what the people want. And I did the disclaimer already. I really want to hear from the people. Um, I don't care what you have to say, you know, at this point, you can, we're going to do this raw, okay? We, I, I'm not asking for you to clean it up. I'm not asking for, you know, no, nothing, nothing like that. I want to know where you're at and how you feel it. You know, I really want to know, you know, even if you're telling me I'm mad, you know, even if you're telling me, I don't care what you got to say. I want to hear it. And, and I really want to give people that opportunity. You know what I'm saying? And so, Big Mamas, we're going to do it a little different. And, and we're going to try to listen and try to assist where where this energy is coming from. Okay? So all you have to do is press 1. That lets us know, you know, that you'd like to speak. And then, um, you know, we want to know about that. And we want to give you some tips to protect your mind because it's a direct yes. attack on the African-American community. Trust and believe. All of this is planned. All of this is formulated. They're looking for a particular outcome, so they press these buttons, and boom, just like uh, oodles and noodles, it's done, okay? They, they're trying to get a reaction out of you. And so, and they're working on it. They did a good job now. They did a good job. Oh, mm-hmm. this is like fighting with a brother or a sister. They know you. <laughs> they know how to get to you, you know. 
I think one of the big things is that people need to understand the difference between reacting to a situation and responding. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They really need to know the, dif- the difference, you know. Absolutely. Um, because responding can be way more effective to the point where people are listening to what you're saying, yeah. and that way you have a solution or you are developing a solution to handle that situation. Reacting can close a whole lot of other situations, you know, and we really have to be mindful. We really just have to be mindful. I'm not saying don't get mad because right about now I'm really ticked off, you know. I I really feel like cussing. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Like all nothing but Brooklyn flavor. I just really want to give it because that's how angry I am. Yeah. But when that's over, yeah. I have to be doing Look. something productive. I have Look. to. So I can give myself that 30 seconds to get it out, cuss, fuss, fuss, fuss. But afterwards, okay, now what else am I doing with this energy? Something right. productive has to come out of it. That's right. Um, quoting from great revolutionary that out of Atlanta, Tutmo, we were speaking, and he let me know, okay, um, he was like, yeah, I have to move on something more than mad. I'm like, why? You real mad. You big mad, you know. And I remember him saying, mad runs out. I was like, what? He said, you run out of mad. You'll get over it. You yep. get tired. You know, you, you, it has to be based on something more than I'm mad. I, I'm mad is a temporary emotion, you know. So this has to be on something stronger than mad. And I was like, okay, I got it. And this was, this was a conversation that we had back in Trayvon Martin time, okay, when he was trying to calm me down mm-hmm. and not get me to get in the car and drive down to Florida, okay. Now, I, I'm so thankful to God that Minnesota is far from me. But, but now they brought it to my backyard. It is right here in Atlanta. And I'm sitting here like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You know, we were minutes away from it all weekend. And so it's like, all weekend. yo, in every state, I, I, you know, seven travels, okay? So in every state that I'm in, I'm minutes away from conflict and destruction and danger. That shouldn't be. That shouldn't yeah. be. But look, I got a call that would like to speak. And like I said, we've already excused the language. We've already put it out there. We really do want to hear from you. So, you know, that th- this is where we are today, okay? Greetings. Welcome to the show. Hey. Hey, how you doing? How are you? Uh, how are you? <laughs> I am, I want to be okay, um, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm, I'm far from okay. I'm livid. Um. I I actually um you you two called me right before I was headed to the protest um in Atlanta. And I wasn't mm-hmm. even intentionally heading to the protest, but I knew that where I was going there was going to be a protest there and I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um I've been to protests before. I've had I, I I've been in those situations where like you look up at the top of the building and you see somebody with a sniper and there's just helicopters everywhere. And it is, 
and, you know, it gives you an adrenaline rush because you, at that moment, when you really care, you don't care what happens because you're just, you, you're just there for your people. And my little brother, like, he's, he's 16, and we're just chilling, cruising around, you know, Atlanta, and he's, he's like a little fireball, just like me. And um, he's like, you know, let's go to the protest, let's go to the protest. And I'm like, buddy, we can't. And I, I, I did not want to tell him we can't because I wanted to go so bad. I was ready. And I told him, I said, listen, we're in Georgia right now because, you know, we had a death in the family. And the last thing we need to do is show up to a protest and something happened to us, and that's just more on our family's mind right now. And it was just, it was so hard to tell him that we can't go because we both wanted to go so bad. Like, we both ended up just crying on the way home. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it, it just means so much to me. Like, I'm trying not to cry now. But it is just, like, it means so much to me because I've had a cousin that was killed um, from a police murdering him. And just this morning, my little brother got off the phone with his mom and because he's from Cleveland, and he said that a cop, um, some police officers came to his mom's house looking for him. And this this little, he's like 16, he just rapped, he goes to school, or used to go to school, you know, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't do anything. And they were looking for him because he was accused of, um, he was accused of breaking into somebody's car with a group of, a group of people, and they videotaped him. And his mom was like, that's absolutely impossible. I just put my son on a plane this morning and you're coming to me at night. And if this just happened, that's impossible. And so, you know, his mom telling him what happened and he's still livid from earlier this weekend. And it's just, it's just, he's like, well, I can't go home, but I want to go home because, you know, I, I want to take care of this, but I know something's going to happen to me. And I'm like, listen, you're staying right here for right now. Wow. Because I already know you're upset. We don't need, I, I don't need you going back and then something happening to you. I don't care what I got to do. I, I, you're going to stay here with me until things lie down because I don't need to drive or sprout wings and go to Cleveland and have to mess something up. And it, it's just, it's, it's so close to me because especially growing into my spirituality, knowing I can't react in certain ways of how I used to react. And it's just, it's, it's really hard. And then having, being a big sister and having to teach my little brother, you can't react in certain ways. It's just, it's, it's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. It is. It is. It is. It is. And you just said so much. You just said a lot to what us mothers with sons think and feel. And it, it is difficult because you're playing both sides of your brain. Because one side of your brain, I know myself. I know what I was doing at 20 and 21. I was causing mayhem, okay? But as right. a mother of a 21-year-old, I'm like, well, easy, because I want you to come home. And right. a lot yeah. of these people are not coming home. A lot of these right. people, when you step out there, and I knew this growing up, but it's different when it's you and then your child. So I knew growing up, if I stepped out there, I was out there. 
And I love what you said. The point when you really care, you don't care, you know. So I knew when I stepped out there, hey, it happened the way that God meant for it to happen. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm doing it. Right. But what about all the work you're doing? And what is it going to mean in the end if you're one of the many that get beat up and thrown in jail? What does that mean? What does that do for anybody? You know, the the whole goal of going and showing that you care, you know, are people going to see that if you're in jail or worse? You know, there was right. a time where I thought we as women were safe from police brutality, but Sandra Bland taught us that we're not. You know, and I've seen some right. real Absolutely. ugly videos of police officers manhandling these women, you know what I'm saying? So, say it again. They, I, I've seen one. Someone got thrown into a wall. One of the protesters. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think this was in Colombia, and the little sister got flipped. Oh my god! And she didn't look any didn't look any bigger than the twigs. Yeah, and just yeah. threw her. I, I and she, you could them. tell she was young, a teen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I saw like just punched in her face. And I'm like, yo, what happened to the whole female thing? There's there's no protection nowhere on this. You know, um, not trying to be funny, but a bunch of white men with AK rifles can walk up into the courthouse, no problem, no resistance, no arrest, no nothing. A bunch of black children... Shouting, I don't care if they're shouting, I don't care if they have dress, I don't care about that. Why wasn't the same consideration given to them? So, you know, it is super painful to know that just because of the color of your skin, and this is a reality, because of the color of your skin, you are um, held to a a different standard. Because of the color of your skin, you are not protected. Because of the color of the skin, you don't have um, basic rights as a human. And that's not acceptable. That's not, not what we built on. That's not what we said we were going to be doing. Um, it, it's absolutely insane. Insane. And, you know, I have to just talk briefly about this feeling of hopelessness. We got to get that, we have to get that under wraps. You know, I know how difficult it is to say um, I'm taking a different path when this path is just laid out and you see it and you can join in and, and don't feel hopeless in this. There are plans being put in place. There is energy that is going to be working for our benefit. But this energy here is nothing but bloodlust. You know what I'm saying? This, this energy is intentionally manufactured by these provocateurs, and we are just going with our emotions in this. So don't allow this feeling of hopelessness to overtake you. We are a resilient people, and so we are going to – even with all of this chaos, we're going to get better. We're going to have goals in place. We are going to get a plan. 
We're going to get things that are progressive, that are going to help us move forward. So don't let that, that feeling of hopelessness settle into you. You know what I'm saying? Understand that we're, right. we're really playing it. I'm playing this game for my children and my grandchildren. I'm here now yeah. working on them and their long-term <laughs> goals. And so don't let that sink in. Right. Okay. All right, look. Stay strong, little one. I called you about 15,000 times, but you're not the only one. I got a hot one. (laughs) And people people Mm -hmm. get frustrated. They're like, uh, you keep calling me. And I'm like, yes, and I'm going to call you until my spirit (laughs) says that you're fine, okay? But until then, I mean, I've been calling people from East Coast to West Coast. I need to hear from you. Like like Mama Makita said, look, I, I need to know you okay. Just, just call me back. Just text me back. You know, this, this is what we do, and this is our part. Everybody just play your part, you know, play your role. So we're going to try to work on that. Yeah. Okay, sweetheart. Stay, stay strong. All right, stay strong. You. And stay close okay. to your elders, all right. okay, because they'll give you that good Always. advice, all right? Okay. Always. <laughs> Thank you. You know, she uh, mentioned something about her spirituality and her growth yeah. in that department and how that is helping her learn to respond more opposed to reacting. Yes. Absolutely. That's something we all should Absolutely. get into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it doesn't I mean, matter what your religious tongue is. As long as the most High know you by first name, you should be putting some kind of prayers up. Absolutely. I was in and, and here is, praying. Go ahead. No, no, please. Go ahead. I was in here praying for, of course, my um, umiettes, my little, looking at my grandboys, and I'm like, man, you're going to be a healthy yeah. young man when you get older. Da, 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 da. And then I'm over here. The other side of my brain is if he gets older because mm-hmm. of his foolishness, and then the fire comes. And I'm like, I saw a picture of this old woman with her cane. The cop mm-hmm. point, is pointing a gun at her grandson, and she went right between it. Like, yeah. no, you're not going to do that in front of me. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's where it starts. You know, these personal convictions, yeah. that's where this is not going to happen. You know, and so I just want to remind everybody, this is Big Mama's house. We're dealing with this real-life situation that's in front of us, okay? And we're asking for your opinion. We're asking for your thoughts on it. We're asking for what you think is important, what you don't think is important. And we're, we're taking the censor off tonight, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't care how raw the thoughts and feelings are. Let's get to them. Let, let's, let's start to, to open that up, okay, so that we can say, we can get get mad, and like my ancestors would say, they would say get glad, but we're not gonna go into that. So, um, but <laughs> we're gonna really we're gonna work on this. So we want to hear. So um, I'm gonna stay at the phone line for half a second, okay? Okay. All right. Greetings. Welcome to the show. Can you hear me, brother E? I got yes, you. Yes, ma'am. How you doing? Okay. I'm I'm outstanding. How you feeling? Well, I already know how you feeling. You've been, been telling me. I've been listening to you. 
checking in from? Well, I'm in Florida, um, out in the country, okay. somewhat unfortunate, okay. at, bittersweet at this time because I'm not more central to where everything is going on. And that's kind yeah. of what I wanted to, to explore is, mm-hmm. is, I mean, there's so much to, to unpack with the term for the yeah. day, unpack to take apart and to really look at with all that's going on. But I think and I can appreciate more now that I'm older than when I was out on the front lines back in the day, back in Dallas, doing the thing. A sister's perspective on what's going on, you know, I get the, by nature, the sister is going to be um, more, uh, 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 is going to nurture and want to protect, you know, back in so-called slave days when, you know, master would come through and the sister knew that, Massa had it out for the, the black men, she would kind of uh, push her little boy to the side, you know, kind of tuck him away, mm-hmm. and instruct him on how not to fight back, not to buck up like a, a man would do if somebody threatened his mother or his wife or his family, but to, mm-hmm. you know, keep your mouth closed, put your head down, and just, you know, you know survive, maintain, you know, be mm-hmm. there. I get that. I understand and respect that. Absolutely. But for me, as a man, I have to look at what's going on, and and this is not for anybody on the phone. This is more for what I keep seeing, the usual, in the news, people giving their opinions and whatnot, saying things like, this is not how we, we change things, and, and, you know, the whole Rodney King, can't we all just get along mindset. Um, mm. Mm. At, and what I want to ask these folks is when is enough enough? You know, to put mm-hmm. in perspective to put in perspective and this is not hyperbole, this is not exaggeration, these are cold hard facts. For the past four hundred years or so, there has not been a minute, not a second, that every black man every African man, woman and child have not had to have their guard up and looking over their shoulder, be it the yep. slave master or the national government, be it the, 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 the slave catcher or the police, be it the overseer or the supervisor. We've always had to have one eye on our back because there's been a bounty on our lives for 400 years. And at some yep. point after that 400 years, you, it, it, it gets to a point where enough is in, does it take someone coming into your exact home, attempting to, you know, rape your wife or kill your husband or slaughter your children, is that where the whole fight back kicks in? Is that where we stop praying and singing and attempting to maintain a peace and we start giving what we've been getting? Damn the consequences. You know, there were sisters and brothers on the the, the slave ship that, that uh, rebelled, some mm-hmm. dove overboard because they knew that death was better than what was coming. You know, and mm-hmm. we say, you know, if we, we go to these protests and things pop off and it gets violent, we might get hurt and da-da-da-da-da, but sister was coming into her own apartment after work 
no criminal record, no no dirt, nothing going on, shot to death. So what's the difference between being involved in something like this on the front line and your regular day-to-day? Brother, brother, and it's not about her. It's not about Brother Floyd. It's not about Tamir Rice or, or any of these brothers and sisters that have been flooded. It's not about any of them. It's about the fact that it could have been any of us, that these folks have a problem with their skin color. These folks have a problem with being out of control and wanting to control and attempting to, to maintain control over the masses of the people. And at some point, and this may be that point, I don't know. feels like it. A big part of me hopes that it is. You know, I, I feel, feel Malcolm. Revolutions are bloody. So people are going to die. And so far, we're the only ones that have been dying. So at some point, at some point in a person's psyche and their mentality, it has to click and say, and excuse my language, but we're dealing with a generation that doesn't feel a need to, to justify, you know, in the 60s and 70s or, or wherever, there was always this sense of, of, of needing to have a reason to do this, you know, having to, you know, mm-hmm. it's about black, this and black. We're dealing with a generation whose justification boils down to, to, to two words, fuck it. You know, yeah. it's been like this. <laughs> I may go to jail because I walk down the street, so I might as well go to jail for creating some hell. I may get killed yeah. just for walking down the street. I may, may as well get killed for swinging back, whatever that swinging back is. And the whole idea that, yeah. well, black folks are just tearing up what's in their own, you know, in their neighborhoods and they're destroying their community and da-da-da. Just because there's a target in your neighborhood doesn't mean that their target is of your neighborhood. Target no, and it and the target to develop is... the black community. They're not sending anybody to, 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 the, to, to college. They're not looking. Walmart no. ain't trying to, 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 to help us. So just because <laughs> they set up shop, you know, Malcolm talked about uh, colonialism inside the U.S. They come in, take our money. At the end of the day, they go home, pay their bills, and there you are, stuck with nothing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I hate to quote the man, but the man was right. The man was right while he was running for the president. Donald Trump said it best. What do you got to lose? You ain't got shit. You ain't got nothing. Yeah. The only thing yeah. you have are the things they let you keep until they come to get them. You've got nothing. I, I remember yeah. that. I remember so that, we, and we kind of joked him when he was doing that, you know. Uh, but I have a question, Brother Ian. I know that you work closely with uh, Chief War, and I've listened to um, your show a couple of times. I like the work that you're doing. I like what you're putting out there. My question is, well, what's What's the answer? You know, what's the solution? Because people are like, okay, um, if this is not going to work, then what should I do? You know, um, there are a lot of people that jump on that vote or die, you know, and I'm like, voting is a tool, but I think that may be a long-term goal and not like we're trying to quell the fire right now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, what What can we do? You know, I don't want to send people out for target practice. You know, I, I'm not I'm not cool with that. You know, rubber bullets still hurt and bruise and stuff like that. And I don't want to send people out and this is not effective. You know what I'm saying? It's not progressive. It's not doing anything. Um, 
I, I saw one little post on Facebook, and it said um, they've arrested hundreds to avoid arresting four, you know. And I was like, dang, you know. So how do we move past this feeling of mad? Because that's where we are. We're mad. What you're saying is we've been mad. I got that. What do we do? How do we move past this? Well, I'm actually really glad you asked that question. And for Mm -hmm. me, when you start trying to come up with a solution, one of the key things that you can do across the board in any situation is to look at what you have done, what has been effective, Uh what has moved things forward. And in regards to voting, I think we should ask uh, uh, ask Hillary Clinton, ask uh, Al Gore, does voting really work? When you win the popular vote, but yet and still you're not the president. Voting yeah. is is is, is well. opiate for the masses. It's been said more than a number of times. I don't care about the vote. I don't care about the military. Give me access to a a, a, a community's bank to their money, and mm-hmm. I'll rule it. I'll create the laws. I'll make the laws. So voting is a placebo. I mean, think about it. It is Republicans, white. Blacks, all of them, Mitch McConnell, Democrats, and, and Trump, and all of them encourage people to go out and vote, go out and vote. When is the last time that, you, that any oppressor told the oppressed how to take power away from them? So if they're telling okay. you to do it, logically, it has to click that, yeah, that's probably not going to be effective. And it's not. In this country especially, politics is ruled by the dollar, Period. Period. You can mm-hmm. vote all day long, but if somebody comes in and they've got and they're worth $150 billion, as a matter of fact, it's been ruled in the Supreme Court that uh, uh, financial donations to campaigns count as free speech. So basically, somebody with $150 billion net worth, like Jeff Bezos, the CEO of, of, of Amazon, has 150 billion votes, and you got your one. Who do you really think? is going to catch more sway. So I think we have to look at what we've done. We've been voting since the, the Voting Rights Act back in 65. But yet yeah. still, here we are. The game yeah. has not changed. So we can X that yeah. off. Vote if you want to, but don't put any, any real confidence in it changing anything. When the American Revolution popped off, they didn't go to the poll and vote somebody out. No, no. They created a situation of civil unrest. They went to straight yes, out war eventually. And if we're not preparing for that eventuality, now if we're not preparing for that current, because as I said, we're at war, but we're not preparing for it because we keep satiating, we keep, we keep satisfying and, and making it okay to turn the other cheek. We've gotten so complacent mm-hmm. and believe that this is what we deserve. We deserve to be beaten down by the cops by a, cer- a certain amount. I heard somebody white got somebody, people on Twitter Somewhere went. I don't do Twitter, so I'm not real familiar with it. But uh, they 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 made some statement and uh, about all of this being black folks' fault, and black folk went ballistic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. it is. It's absolutely our fault. If your man comes home and beats your ass on Monday, and you keep staying there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whose fault is it really? If he comes in on Friday and whoops it again. At some point, you accept responsibility for putting yourself in a situation and staying in that situation. And at some point, that I don't woman, think you can say that. 
I don't think but at that. some point she has to and take it reason, upon herself to leave that situation. Absolutely. She has yeah, to take it upon absolutely. herself to go. I'm not this saying is, it's her yeah. fault that she's doing it. I'm saying it's her fault that she's staying in it. And, and I just like that. for fault. different but, reasons. But that's because there's options. She's staying because she's choosing not to do the other options. I think when you're talking about African Americans as a whole, part of the hopelessness is we can't see the other options. Like this woman who's getting her butt beat, right? She can go to her mama, her daddy, her cousin, her ex-boyfriend. She can go to a shelter. Off the rip, without even knowing her, I've given her five options as to which she can do. So, yeah, if she chooses to stay, that is the option. But when you're talking about a group of people where the majority of them don't can't afford housing so they're on welfare, they can't afford food, so they're on food stamps. They don't have education. They don't have skills. They don't have other options. So as far as they can see, and this is part of the frustration, so I'm glad you brought it up, they're, they can't see the other options. So to sit there and to say that you're participating in this and you're not doing anything without being able to clearly outlay their options I think may be um, short-sighted of us because at that point we're not clearly seeing what the problem is. And, you know, this is why we're having this conversation because we need to know what the people think the problem is. Because if I line up ten guys, they're going, five of them are going to say, I can't find no job, so i got to hustle. The other five are going to be like, I can't afford to house myself, so I'm stuck with this crazy baby mama, okay? Um, you know, and if you ask them same five again about where their spiritual life is, they'll be like, who? You know what I'm saying? And so we have to identify the problem and then be able to give options. So to say that we are, are here by choice, I don't think that that is accurate enough. I don't think that that takes into account enough of the lack of education. You know, again, we've been educated by the oppressors. Very few of us have been able to have independent thought of what we've been taught. So it's like how in the world, you know, are we able to say you have options and they haven't even been taught how to think outside of the box they were placed in, you know? But so thinking outside of the difficult. box, what you, what, you, what you described, though, is, is the how. Mm-hmm. How do I get out? How do I, you know, where do I go? How do I make this a reality? We're not even at that point for far too long. I mean, think about it. Before integration, we had way more options than we were aware of. There are only options when we're aware of them. If we're not aware of them, they're really not options. There became a point where we bought into integration, which was even worse than so-called slavery because it was the the last absolute destruction where we decided uh, we were convinced, okay, let's go be with them rather than stay with our own when physical slavery didn't do that. So before we can even discuss the how do we get out of this mess, we can't even Mm -hmm. agree that we are in a mess that needs to be gotten out. Yep. Dr. King lamented before his death about having done so much work to convince his people to integrate into mm-hmm. uh, a sinking ship. 
He figured it mm-hmm. on him. Oh, a burning out. We're jumping onto this mm-hmm. shit that's burning down. So mm-hmm. we have to first, in, in my opinion, before we get to the house or whose house do we go to and where do we, we can't, like I said, can't even decide that it's no longer worth after 400 years that it's even worth not hanging on to this place. So that's the part that I'm talking about is our responsibility. Absolutely. Before, if, if I'm in a car driving down the street on the expressway and the person is next to me is beating the hell out of me, I'm jumping out of the car. If I, mm-hmm. if I don't see any way to stop him from doing it, I'm jumping out of the car. Yeah, I may die hitting the pavement, but I'm, I'm going to do something. I'm not going to beg to stay in the car while they beat me. But that's what we've been convinced mm-hmm. to do. You know, we put ourselves collectively, past and present, all African people in this country have made, taken the option of staying in this boat, in this house, while it burns down. Because we've been, we have been convinced because we don't know we, we, and, and that's one of the things, that's why I mentioned it's not about Brother Floyd, it's not about the sister, it's not about these individuals, which is what they try to do, Absolutely. is make it about an individual yes. reality. This is a collective mm-hmm. reality, and when you put the collection together, it's a hell of a hit collection. You know what I mean? So, it, 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 uh, to me, the first step is engaging folks. Yes, we're angry. Yes, we're depressed. Yes, we're even worse than anger and depression is hopeless. You got some hopeless folks. You got a problem. So Look, if and, we and get, this we is get to, and this is the problem. You, you are so right. That is the problem. There is a so hopelessness. We have, we, we we have to 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 implore to 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 give to folks a sense of hope hopefulness or empowerment, which is even better. And that empowerment comes from knowing the truth and the reality, as Malcolm talked about. When we know the truth about the history, because we don't, we have slavery was bad. It was the, no, Walmart is bad. Amazon is bad. Slavery was hell, and it continues to be hell. But when we realize that this is not just what happened in my life, this has been happening to my mama, my grandmama, my granddad, great, 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 on back, and it keeps on happening. As Malcolm talked about, we'll automatically, you don't even have to tell them who the enemy is. You don't have to tell them what it is. You don't have to tell us what it is we have to do. We'll figure it out quick. Because as I said, ain't nobody going to stay in that house that's burning down if they know it's burning down. But we don't realize that it's burning down because we've been convinced with the nonsense that's out here and what we really need to be looking at, in my opinion, with what's going on in all of these cities. I mean, I'm looking mm-hmm. at the list of cities, and it's looking to me, and again, this is from where I'm it's at, be, to me, it's, it's wonderful. Anything. I have no problem with the uh, uh, Matt. I'm, I'm, I'm a field nigger, I guess, in that way. And Malcolm talked about uh, when the when the uh, massive house catch a fire, he prayed for a breeze. I'm looking for that hurricane to come through and swoop it up. I got no problem with it. You know, there's been pain mm-hmm. and, and loss and people dying for 400 years. So if we can get mm-hmm. some strikes back while it's happening, I'm all for it. So forgive me if I sound a little bit almost elated mm-hmm. about what's going on. But this is revolution, mm-hmm. 101, and we're going to have to accept that evolution may be a peaceful process, but revolution is always violent. It's always violent. Mm-hmm. And, and when we start realizing that and accept, and for us that, that are on the phone, for us that have some understanding of what's going on and what to do, we have to embrace that anger and that fear. It's okay. You can be spiritual as you want to be and be pissed as fuck. Well. 
Oh, the two are not yeah, mutually exclusive. <laughs> the, the Zulu warriors used to go and 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 drink certain herbs and, and tinctures and whatnot that the the the, the, shame, the shaman or the the, the 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 spiritual leader would put together before they went into war. So they were extremely mm-hmm. spiritual in what they were doing. That's our history. You can't get mm-hmm. away from that. And that's the best way to go about it. So again, those of us who understand have to embrace that folks are angry, folks are pissed off and mm-hmm. hopeless and helpless and all of those things and be okay with that ourselves. Because if we go out mm-hmm. and try to make a change, them catching the street are going to sense that. They're going to see the fear. They're going to know that you're not really 100% yeah. in it, and they're not going to let you ride with it. So we have to get beyond that, oh, my goodness, I, uh, it's something going to oh, oh, oh. And I understand that. I've lost, you know, I've and, lost And then let son. me ask you I've a question. Relatives. Huh? Let me let me ask you a question, brother E, because you're you're referencing. I think you're about my age. Are, are you going to say that you're over forty? I'm forty nine. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, so we're I the same. Yes. Yes. I forget. I don't you pay attention to it. I forget. Yeah, my kids <laughs> have to remind. Okay. So look, my my question is, you know. I hear what you're saying. We understand the revolution. I am okay with understanding that this could be a long battle. I'm okay with understanding that it takes soldiers to win wars. I am not okay with senseless killings, which is why I'm upset about George Floyd and why I'm upset about Trayvon Martin. I I don't want that, and I may not be able to help it, when it comes on a national level, but when I say I want to make sure that we're not uh, all in on something that's not going to work or that we're not all in at our own destruction, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I don't mind that fire burning, but when it gets close to my neighbor's house, it does concern me, you know what I'm saying? When it gets close to houses that I know, it does concern me. You know, I, I I don't want to ever say I am indifferent to um, the world and I'm indifferent to this person. That I am very concerned about each of these people. I don't want to see pictures of tear gas. And, and all, this is ridiculous. So I understand the ideology about maybe even pushing the fire a little bit along. But to me, that's a short-term battle. It's not a law. It's not a solution. That is not a solution, because after Master's house burns, he's still the master. I'm still the slave, and so that's not a solution. It is a battle, and you can win battles. But I'm trying to win the war, because as you can see, winning battles hasn't gotten us far enough along to where 60 years later, you have the same problem. This retarded president is talking about bringing out dogs. We are right back to where we were. So something that we did wasn't enough to create long-term stability when it comes to our rights as humans. So winning the battle is great. And I know growing up, especially in Miami, I won lots of battles. But I did not see the war won. 
I did not see the long-term progressive positive benefit for our community. I saw them taxing our communities harder after the battle to make sure there were no other battles or uprisings. So it's kind of like, eh, you know, they, they're going to try to screw us. And so it's like we have to find this way so that we're not just focused on the battle and we can't give everything up for the battle. We're, I'm not going to give up my queen for a pawn, you know. And so it's like we have to find ways to make sure that we are truly being strategic and we're going to win, you know, because we've already lost. We're already sitting at the loss, you know what I'm saying? So, Brother E, I'm going to keep your mic open if you don't mind because um, the, phone, the phone lines are lit, and, and that's a good thing. Um, before I get to this other caller, uh, Mama Makita, did you have some words that you wanted to say on on all of that? That's I know that's a lot. <laughs> I jumped from agreement to pissed off to understanding. Like I said, I'm all over the place right now. Um, of course, yeah. <laughs> The yeah, the domestic violence comparison. I uh, didn't agree yeah, with that, but I understand <laughs> where you were trying to come yeah. from with that. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I agree that it's a rough when it comes to revolutionary. There is going to be some bloodshed, absolutely. Yeah. But I also know we have to have some plans and some solutions ready. You know, we yeah. have to. There's just things that we have to do, and it, it's just a lot right now. And then when you were naming off people, one of the most recent situations was here in Columbia, um, was what 14 or 15 year old boy, Timmons. Yeah. And um, was related to one of our dancers, and yeah, it, it, I is it a problem? Like man? sharing some information. And then I had a former student saying stuff, and she didn't understand her privilege. And normally I would have a nice little conversation with her. I'm just like, listen, this ain't what you want today. This ain't what you want today. And I just really had to channel my energy somewhere else. I removed myself Mm -hmm. from it, and then 20 people got her. And I was just like, okay, now let me just go ahead and delete her and just be done with that because I'm not even going there with you because Mm – I don't wish this on anyone, regardless of your race. I don't wish yeah. anyone to have to deal with this and have to be so yeah. scared about their children yeah. or just them walking, you know, you, you going to work. You're trying to be productive for society, but you turn around and you yeah. see it every which way you go. No one should have to go been that. Told. But that is our reality, and you don't get, get to it. tell me how to feel about it, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and see, don't that, tell me to problem. forget. Don't tell me to get over it. You know, when they were using yep. the babies as alligator bait, I had took my kids yeah. to the museum and I, I brought that story up, and someone really thought I was joking. I said, I wish I was. Yeah. Yeah, I no, this, that's I not was. a joke. That's another piece of our painful history. And, and see, the problem is that all of this is bringing up old wounds. You know what I'm saying? We haven't yeah. healed from the last situation. And see, this is my problem. You know, we're not putting in enough progressive solutions to where we have an answer ready. So let me let me grab this phone line. I believe this is uh, my chief of staff, War. I'll Greetings, welcome to the show. All right. All right. Um, um, what I want to do, 
all I want to do, I want to talk about two things. I want, I want, to, I want to kind of go into a little bit of something uh, Brother E said to make sure our listening audience is getting the whole picture of it, as well as I want to talk about, you know, when you said that we're, we are at war, the deal is I want to make yeah. sure we, we, we get that. And by saying that, I want to t- touch on this from this perspective. The problem with being at war is a lot of times from this from from the perspective of the victim of, of the victim, we don't know where the shots are being fired from. We getting mm-hmm. we're getting hit with, with sniper fire. We're, we're in pain and all we want to do yeah. is get away from the pain. We just want to make sure we get out of the range of the of the uh the fire. But right. we're not approaching it always from the standpoint of most of the time from the standpoint of actually winning. So, therefore, what we do is we take on the role of the runaway slave versus the role of the liberator. Now, let me go break that down and use example of Florida. A man has his knee on your neck, and you, first and foremost, go into survival mode, and survival mode is, look, I can't breathe. I'm trying to do my best to get that knee off my neck to alleviate the pain. Most of us psychologically and physically, spiritually, are in the mode of doing and dealing with trying to alleviate the pain, not trying Mm. to prevent the pain from ever returning, just alleviating the pain. So we actually go into survival mode or runaway slave mode. But being a runaway slave, you are not going to change the conditions that prevent you from being in pain again and again and again and again. The point yeah. is, in order to be a liberator, you have to change the condition, change the narrative, change the, what's actually causing that pain. Problem with that is, going back to being at war, if I don't know where the shots are being fired from, then how can I actively mount a defense against my enemy. If I don't know the depth in which my enemy is operating from, I cannot mount a proper defense. And I say that Mm -hmm. to say this. Part of the problem we have from a political standpoint, and one of the things I need to make sure we get, is that our disgust with the political process, our disgust with the system of voting, causes us to throw out the baby with the bathwater, so to speak. And the yeah. biggest issue with that is that because we are so turned off with the political process, we don't learn the political process. We don't learn governing ourselves or self-governing. The biggest mistake we can make. Why? Because we are operating from the position and condition of being demo- domesticated people. And a domesticated people means we don't know how to govern ourselves. And if we are turned off on the process of government, of, of what it takes to operate, then how in the hell can the runaway slave ever become a liberator? How in the hell can a runaway slave get to a position where they recognize solutions? See, we've been stripped of that concept of choice. And I'm going to use that going back to one of the things that we, right. we've been saying earlier. I keep hearing uh, options, options, options. We give a class mm-hmm. in the People's Black Panther Party talking about the difference between choices, options, and decisions. And right. 
too often our people don't even know the difference between choice, option, and decision. So therefore, the choices have been eradicated from our ability. And all we know to do now is what? Look for options. Which options at that standpoint would be the what you are left with after the choice has been stripped away. Which means from the standpoint of being the one in control, no matter what option you choose, it's going to all work in my favor. Going back to the political process right. of, of, of voting that buddy you talked about. Because they are the controller of the choice. So right. we have to put ourselves in a position of learning what it is and operating from the standpoint of a liberator, not a runaway slave, not a runaway slave. So when we get turned off on the political process in its current state, that does not mean to not study the political process. Because, again, there's no mm-hmm. way we can defeat our enemy if we can't even identify how our enemy is hurting us, how our enemy is putting a knee on our neck. We just don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like getting, and I use this example all the time, it's like getting slapped by the invisible man. You know it hurts. You right. want to fight back. You swing it. I don't care how big, buff, and strong you are. As long as I'm invisible, I can slap the hell out of you left, right, up, and down. And you can swing wild and strong all you want, but you can't hit me. Yes, you in pain. Right. Yes, you want it to stop. But there's no way you are going to win a war. You may win a battle, but you're not going to win a war if you cannot identify your target. You cannot identify a target if you don't know the target, if you don't study the target. I say this all the time to people as well. It's not from a strategic warfare standpoint, because strategic warfare is what allows, uh, allows uh, world powers to stay in place. I use the example of day talking with, with, with someone. The deal is what separates regular armies and, and militaries from world power militaries is strategic warfare, which is nuclear weapons. Most people don't get it. The whole idea of a submarine is to house myself in a position up against my neighboring country ready to press the button to blow them, blow them to smithereens, ready to press. Submarine's whole job is to stage in position ready to launch a nuclear weapon. That's power. That's why world powers don't want other world powers to get nuclear capabilities. Now, applying mm-hmm. that to our, our current scenario, if we are engaging in a war with an oppressor, we have to know how to mount a proper defense. We have to know what a defense mm-hmm. is. We can't know where our borders are in order to defend ourselves if we have not been able to identify the concept of strategic warfare and, and embody what it means to be in a position to recognize the difference between choice, option, and decision. The idea Chief. from birth. Yes. Chief. Yes. I need you to break that down another another level. Okay. I need you to talk to me like I'm a mad protester. I'm not strategic. I'm I'm not thinking about a military. I'm not thinking about voting. I don't care about any of that. All of that's in the future, and I'm living in right now. What am I supposed to do? I can't think. I can't even think past Monday because I ain't got no job, okay? Okay. I can't think past okay, Monday because me... Monday is the first of the month, and we don't have housing. And I got to wait for my food a... stamps to upload. 
So what, I get what it. happens and I, and, and I have to I have to go at this level because as organizers, what we have to do, and this is a, a, this is a learning process that we all deal with, and right. as, 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 as psychiatrists, y'all should know, uh, learning, the, the, the deal is, is with the average person, is they, again, are operating, what we're talking about like a protest, you're operating off the fuels of the, of the current situation. Yeah. Enough is enough. You get ignited right now. That ignited right, right. now, I need to be able to, tr- to do my best to harness that energy, seize that time, and, and attempt to put you on a path of long-term operation, long-term growth, to change you from that runaway to that liberator. I, right. I, unfortunately, a lot of times in order to do that, we have to know from a teaching standpoint that oftentimes we have to put somebody on the path before we tell them they're on that path. Otherwise, they'll recognize mm-hmm. that, again, going back to the deal I, I mentioned about pain, this is the process with that. Pain can come in many forms. Pain right now that we're talking about is the emotional pain of recognizing the, the, the physical oppression happening against us. Another form of pain would be having to actually apply my academic education to, to better myself. Oftentimes, when, as a victim, when we are used and conditioned to one type of pain, I'd be damned if we're going to give it up for another type of thing. So the right. average person is not possibly knowingly willing to exchange the pain of what, they're, what got, got them to the protest for another type of yep. pain, and that's a growing pain, so that they can be part of the solution. Why? Because right. the, edu- the, the way we've been brought up, going back to the whole point of, make, of making a slave, the way we've been brought up, has, cho- has caused us to embrace, or not even embrace, I won't say embrace, but has caused us to own the condition of being a victim. So we mm-hmm. as organizers have to be able to put them on the path and introduce a, another form of pain, that growing pain, without them necessarily agreeing to this, but fueling that condition that got them on the protest line in the first place to a position of bettering themselves better so that they can better the condition of our people and, again, be able to identify the enemy. So I would say this. What I would say to that protester is, yeah, this is sad. This is a bad thing. Let's go do something about it. I first want you, let's let's have a town hall meeting or let's have some type of meeting where we can all come together and talk about the next steps of action, the next planning phases. What can we do now? Where can we take this? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. in, that, in, in that environment, in that setting, go a little bit into the concept of what it takes, going like what Brother E was talking about, how we've been dealing with this for 400 years. Get them uh-huh. excited on the concept, on the position that the only way things are going to get better is long-term change. Buckle in and get ready for it. Now we have mm-hmm. this that need, this committee that we want to put together, that committee needs to get that and, and some of these committees gonna to have to go right back to dealing with the academics so that we can know how to apply the knowledge that we've taken for granted just to get a job, which puts us back in a position of, of labor or being a, a slave, to applying it to better myself. Mm-hmm. So that we can better the condition of our of our, our thinking, so that we can be critical thinkers which will open up our ability to see choices, 
Because again, uh-huh. operating as a slave, I cannot even see the, the what a choice an option in this vision is. As long as I don't mm-hmm. even see what a choice is, I'm not in a position of recognizing liberation. And then, and is liber, if liberation is invisible to me, someone from the outside, and this is what we have to recognize from a psychological perspective, which is why a lot of times I seem to be talking over people's heads. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. But the deal you is, are. is from a <laughs> liberator, you can talk to somebody that's a slave about freedom. Or you just like, oh, let me just use the basic example. If someone that has tasted an apple can talk to someone else about an apple. If they never tasted mm-hmm. it, there's only so much you can get across. You have right. to step into that role and take that bite. Hey, hey, and boy, until me, uh, you do that, go ahead, go ahead. You can jump in. Oh, yeah. Um, For me, what what you just said, the apple, having tasted the apple, when you're talking to somebody who hasn't tasted the apple, you can convey to them a sense of what it is. But those of us who call ourselves revolutionaries must, right now, in the midst of it, if it doesn't happen now, then tomorrow after it dies down, as has been the case in the past, we've got to alter our perception of what an apple is. There's um, this idea, you know, and in and, and seven, seven, I want to say this to you specifically, coming from a spiritual mm-hmm. perspective, we don't mm-hmm. go into battle, which a war is nothing but a series of battles anyway, and you take mm-hmm. one as they come. But we can't go into battle wondering if we're going to win. We can't engage with the oppressor or the enemy based on a win-loss scenario because you've already lost. What we have to put ourselves in the mindset of is that apple. At some point, the revolutionary has to already be free. I'm free because I choose to be free, because I choose to be this way because I've realized I can make a choice for this option, that option. I make these decisions. And we have to we have to put that in ourselves as our mantra that we don't go to battle to win. We're not fighting to be free. Fighting is the freedom. We do it because we're compelled to do it. We do it because it's in us. We do it because it's what we choose to do. And it's that choice that's the liberation. It's not a physical state. As long as we base that idea of freedom being something physical, somebody can take it away from you, and that's what we've done. We've allowed our freedom to be based on what they say freedom is rather than embracing the idea that freedom, there's a movie called uh, The the Green Lantern from years ago. It was a horrible movie. But the enemy of The Green Lantern was this monster or whatever called the Parallax. And when people looked at it, they got scared. They freaked out, and it made the parallax grow stronger. So eventually, the way that the Green Lanterns figured out to destroy this, this, this monster, this fear monster, was to fly down the throat of the monster, to embrace the monster, to say, it's okay, I'm afraid, but I'm not going to let that fear control me. And that's what we've got to do. This thing, this system, this government, these people, are parallax, 
and they thrive off our fear that we've had for oh so mm-hmm. long. Those sisters and brothers that jumped overboard were free. Yeah, they died, but mm-hmm. so what? We're going to die mm-hmm. anyway. So we have to move from trying to see the end game, from trying to see, okay, we're going to do this if we're going to win. No, no, we do this because we have to do it. We do this because I'm compelled. I can't sit. It's difficult for me, on a personal note, to be sitting in Lakeland, Florida, and working to test to this, for all of those that haven't been to Florida, Florida has no struggle community. I mean, no struggle. Mm-hmm. There was one black bookstore, when I moved down here in 08, there was one black, store, black bookstore in the whole state that I could find in 08. It's gone. Mm-hmm. So sitting here and my, what I'm compelled to do is to gather information and to disseminate that to everybody that will listen, even the people that won't listen. I'm trying to shove it down their throats because it's what I do, but not having And that, I, still think, I still think that you're thinking short-term. I, I but don't there is believe a long term. that you'll – there is long-term. Now, we've only we don't got get right to now. define what long-term is. We don't get to define it, but there is long-term. No one is – many people are not struggling for today – they're struggling for survival. Survival is long term. You know, I think no. you're missing a really basic. These people out here are not thinking. They're removed from thinking. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is food, shelter, security. And until those are taken care of, we, the human cannot operate on other levels, period. So as long as these people don't have no place to go home to, they're going to be out there rioting. As long as they don't have security and they don't feel safe in their neighborhoods, they're going to be out there rioting. You know, they're talking, talking about almost us. to a brainless person because their brain has checked out because they're mad. You know, like we're at the point, this is, I don't know if you've ever seen somebody black out and they black out and their bodies are still functioning, and they still mad, and they still cussing, but the person themselves has literally signed off of the building. It happens. Right. You're talking, talking to about a brainless us. person. What, what I, can we yeah, do? Yeah, I understand us. I understand so us. This, this, is, this is where we, the, those of us who, who call ourselves conscious, have to change our perspective on what we're doing because we've already lost. And, then, you know, the long term is great and everything, but I, any of us mm-hmm. can only deal with what's right here, right now in front of us. The short term, yes, there's a mm-hmm. long term term game, but we're not even, we haven't mm-hmm. even realized that there's a short term game, let alone mastered the short term game, let alone the right. long term game. You know, so dealing with the, the short term and changing that mindset and getting away from, because as I said, the masses are going to see it when we come out and we talk to them. If we're, we've already, mm-hmm. we're already defeated. You know, if all we can do is offer them more singing and chanting and stuff like that, they're going to see it. So we yeah. have to change our mindset. I've already won. I can go talk to anybody right now because I've already won. I've made this choice. If I die, oh, well, mm-hmm. I was going to die anyway. You know, I mm-hmm. may end up in jail mm-hmm. or prison or anywhere. But like mm-hmm. the man said, you can jail and kill the revolutionary, but not the revolution. And so right. imparting that, right. that spirit, that, that, that spirit and that ideology and that mentality and that energy, if we engage people that are on the front line, from, yeah, you fired up and wired up, that's embracing it. 
being a part of it. Here I'm fired up and wired up with you, like uh, the man uh, War was saying. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm right mm-hmm. there with you. Rah, rah, rah. Let's go, blah, 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 and, and chop it up and let's talk. Let's mm-hmm. get down to some mm-hmm. Even if it's, if, it's, if it's we go to a safe house for the night and come up with a plan for tomorrow, that right. may be a starting and, and, step for people that's on the front line. Amen. Amen. And, so, and I, I so want to I mean, see some of that, too. I want to see some of the starting. I got a call that wants to join us real quick before we get okay. out of here. But let's see if I can rest. Greetings. Welcome to the show. Peace and power. How's everybody? We're well, and yourself? I'm doing just fine. Peace. I'm doing just fine. My name is Equani. All right. Um, I'm calling from South Carolina. It's an interesting, interesting discussion, and I and I see um, you know, one thing about um, I'm not saying you guys, but our blog talk shows, uh, we we have to mm-hmm. be more consistent. I'm not saying on our blog talk shows, but our organization, our black organization, doesn't hold. We have to utilize um, encouraging for us as the supporters and also the the um, the orchestrators um, to, to be very operative in a cultural continuity of our awareness of where we are and how we get out. It's not, and, and I, <laughs> I think a lot of times what we what we become, what we find ourselves doing, is having fun, mm-hmm. watching the game, enjoying. Uh, European lifestyle until we get reminded that the Europeans still don't mess with you and then we're all reactionary and we want to do something but the reality is is that whenever we do something um, uh, sporadically like that or off impulse it's going to be just it's it's, it's, it's not going to be long lived so that in the reality that we don't just want results for right now that has to be the most insane thing that we must must be thinking. We want results in the now, but we want to secure our results for the future because we're looking at our children. You understand? We want to we want to exactly. better the conditions for our children for our tomorrow. So we do say that hey, the way that we are going to know that things are changing is the fact that they are changing here. But I think with the protest, the protest that, in my opinion. That ish is not going to get us anywhere. If we can't look at what they have done for us in the past, because we've been marching ever since Dr. King, right? And basically we've been marching in the same manner that we're marching in today to uh, combat police justice, to combat mm-hmm. racism. You understand? We still are marching for the same thing today. So what does that say about our marching in yesterday? That that ish didn't work. You understand? We have to mm-hmm. be honest with ourselves. And, and we, we, we have to be honest with ourselves and, and inside saying, well, hey, well, now we're going to become adamant on establishing the culture. So that means the music that we hear, it should be music that we as the supporters are collectively deeming necessary for our children. But we can't be out here fighting uh, in the streets, protesting the system, and then we're allowing certain things to come out of our speakers. We're allowing certain things Absolutely. to come out of our TV. This is where we have to be collective on these grassroots movements to show that, hey, we are in control when it comes down to things such as this. So just to mm-hmm. say that we're going to work together just because somebody's coming to our house, nah, we should have been working mm-hmm. together when it was time to come together and love each other and, and, and have mm-hmm. fun together, not just in the face of adversity. Because if so, we're, and we're just trying to 
you know, now collectively gather ourselves in the face of adversity, it's going to be discombobulated. So I think we should definitely find the need to collectively converge and come together when, you know, without the quote-unquote adversity or without being reactionary. We must feel the need to do that genuinely. You understand? Because we are brothers and sisters, because we love each other, because we need to establish culture inside doing so. And then I think we can get a better result on all fronts. Absolutely. And, you know, this form, this formation, the People's Black Panther Party, we, we're 24 hours, uh, you know, seven days a week. And which, but what you're mm-hmm. saying is absolutely correct. And I think uh, Brother E said something similar to that, to where it's like we have to really start planning and preparing for this wartime. And, and Chief War has said, we're always in wartime. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We recognize that a lot of this, it popped off, you know, this week, but a lot of this has been in place. A lot of this we've been fighting against and struggling against. I think now people are starting to listen more, but, you know, there's been quite a few grassroots organizations. You know, we're black nationalists. Then there's Pan-Africans. We're here, and we've been speaking. But now that things have hit the fan, I, I definitely know what you're talking about. So I appreciate you calling in and sharing with us because we do want to truly serve the people. That's our goal. That's what we're trying to do. Um, at the same time, we need the people to work with us, listen, pay attention, and, and not be these zombies floating around. Um, as we're winding mm-hmm. down, Chief, I wanted to um, ask you real quick, is there anything that you wanted to, to leave us with as we're, we're getting close to show? Is there anything that you would love people to know about, you know, protecting their mind during wartime, you know, what what do we need to get through this time period? Well, we need to get through this time period, and this to me goes back to what I was uh, the point I was attempting to make about the ac- academics and the recognition of academics. The deal is, mm-hmm. is is one of the things one of one of the things that we should have learned by being a student of history or just reading history. And I and I referenced this earlier today to someone. The deal is is what are you reading history and the history you're reading is accurate or not, or someone else's story or not, coming from a critical thinking perspective, history teaches you the recognition of patterns and sequences of events. And what it does is allows you to critically think and be able to to know that in these scenarios, you can expect these results. Based upon time and sequence and patterns of this, you get this. So with protests, Protest was never meant to be a solution. Protest was simply a part of the process. We can go back to how this country was founded on protest. But did that, was that in, in, in and of itself the way the country actually became a world power? No. So we ourselves have forgot, forgotten what history has taught us, and we have taken for granted history because, again, if we are looking at things from the standpoint of a the slave, then we don't, we, don't, we don't embrace learning. We don't embrace growth, which is why I said that has to be part of the solution. Part of the solution is us actually, from a liberation standpoint, dealing with liberation from the individual, the family, and the community. All three things have to be dealt with co- collectively, holistically. 
I have to work on myself, I have to work on my family, and I have to work on the community. And as you do these things, going back to what I was talking about, about the academics and recognizing the pattern of events, sequences, and Mm -hmm. critical thinking, it will teach us that protest is not meant to do this. Protest gives you a specific result, a specific thing that in itself you're supposed to take from and add to to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I so appreciate you uh, checking in and, and, and giving us that information. Okay. Woo, Mama Kita. <laughs> it yes. has been yes, a yes. hot one. Okay. And, of course, the reason why this is so hot is because everyone is so passionate about it. Everyone cares. They're like, I I really want to see positive things happen. I want to see, you know, um, positive results, you know, no matter what I have to do to get it. You know, we're we're willing to do anything to get these positive results. And, and, And that is, of course, Part of the problem. Um, Mama Kita, we're wrapping up. we got yep. less than five minutes. <laughs> what okay. do you want people to leave <laughs> with uh, when it comes to protecting their mind during wartime? What do you want people to kind of, what, what is that thing that you'd like people to take away for, from the show? Okay, for me, as a spiritualist, yes. I'm praying. I'm calling on whoever I need to call on for that spiritual backup so that I can be prepared for whatever battle comes my way. So I would entrust that people will strengthen that particular muscle in their life to Mm. get them through. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, Talk to your children. Talk to your adult children who think they're too grown to listen. (laughs) Share the knowledge as much as you can. (laughs) Yes. Share that knowledge as much as you can. For most of us, the passion has already been there. It's just been kicked up a notch. But this is it. I mean, it was already a universal awakening going on anyway, spiritually. Yes. And when people are able to connect those things and really become more in tune with themselves and work that God from within, we'll all see a difference because we are Mm -hmm. not just fighting for us, we're fighting for future generations, just like my ancestors fought for me to be here. I am their mm-hmm. wildest dream. And our grandchildren and great-grandchildren will be our wildest dream. And if we look at it from that perspective, that will give us that extra uh on those moments when we're just like, I'm done or yeah. I don't want to go any further. But we think about those things. So when you're in tune spiritually, and have those moments of meditation so you can quiet yourself down enough to get the messages that they're sending to you, you can be productive. We have mm-hmm. to be productive mm-hmm. in this. We have to be. We don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, my last minute, my last words, uh, understand I've seen a lot of division coming about from this. Uh, people that like protesting, some that don't, some think it's shameful, some think it's worthless. Some, if I could, for all the people on the line, in, in the hundreds 
of people that will listen afterwards. I need you to have a little compassion for your fellow brother and sister. Recognize pain, okay? Let your pain recognize their pain, and can we be a little patient with each other, all right? Understand that we're being manipulated, okay? We're, we're not fully thinking. Our brains are not actively engaged. <clears throat> so this is very, very difficult, okay? So let's be more compassionate with each other. Let's stop the shaming idea. Let's be more patient with each other. Let's stop with the generational disses, you know. I am not my ancestors. You will catch these hands. Recognizing that you wouldn't you wouldn't even have those hands if your ancestors hadn't made hadn't made the sacrifices that they did. Um, so, you know, really I'm begging for patience. I'm begging for logic to seep in. I'm begging for uh, logic so that when we're out there in the streets, we can make it home to our family because that is important. Thank you, everyone, for your time. It has been an incredibly awesome Big Mama's House. For those that could not get on the phone lines, please, we do this every Sunday, whether it's me, Chief War, and his crew that will come and analyze it and break it down to the to the atom, whether it's Chairman Yanga with political education, we do this every Sunday. Come here and share and be a part of something positive and progressive and productive. We're trying to work on that. That's where we're going. Thank you for your time. This has been the People's Black Panther Party doing radio every Sunday at 8 o'clock. Peace. Power to the people. All power to the people.